Ooh, buddy. Ooh, yeah. Just had some nice, uh, what are these things called, Ben, again? Right, wafers. Debatable how protein, you're supposed protein, to say protein, it. Protein, protein bars. <laughs> yeah. Protein bars. Yeah. 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 Uh, RX bars. Uh, I think it is, the official pronunciation is praline. But it's not definitely not spelled that way. Perulin. <laughs> Perulin. They are like the uh, the Nutella straws, basically. They were here before Nutella, though. Yeah, for sure. But most people know Nutella because oh. it's like at the checkout line. Oh. Uh, we we took one and we split it up three ways. So don't like everybody calm down. Yeah, yeah. We just had like three centimeters a piece. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> three cans a piece is how, how that went. So that's one of the things that shows up around holiday time, uh, which is way a long time ago. But, uh, <laughs> Still around. That's, yeah, it shows yeah. you how little I ate of it. They're they're worth definitely worth eating. So yeah. um, hey, here's a question for you, Chase. Have you ever been in the hot seat? Occasionally, I have. <laughs> it's made me the man I am. Yeah, how do you feel about the hot seat? Is it like something? it depends? Is is it a hot seat where like I am comfortable? Like with the like in, in your vehicle? The, if <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on my way here, yeah. <laughs> if it's a hot seat of like a topic that I'm familiar with, then I'm I'm willing to handle the fast, rapid firing coming at me. But if it's hot seat, like what the freaking heck were you thinking? Mm. I'm panicking. Yeah, like the situation does yeah. does really really matter. Yeah. Um I think if you're if you're surprised by the hot seat, that's that's one thing. I've been in the hot seat a few times in my life and and a couple of times I was prepared, those felt very different, you know? Yeah. But sometimes I was unprepared. The reason I bring that up is because Hunter Owen is going in the hot seat today. Oh my goodness. What? Yeah, yeah. You like wow. that? I'm getting so good at these segues. <laughs> yeah. Move over, Rogan. New bald guy in town. He is garbage. <laughs> so I was thinking about hey, it's all uh, it is. Look, pass the joint, will you? Um, <laughs> After I shot that elk, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know. I think this may be a new thing that we do. Is because look, it, we're nothing if not innovative on this podcast. Yeah, that's very yeah true, we very change true. often. Often we change. So mm-hmm. uh, it may be a new segment that we do, like bringing people in and, and put them on them the in, hot seat. Yeah, put them in the hot seat. Oh, like guests. Yes, and we, yeah. yeah, and we that's grill another them. way to call it. Yes. And we grill them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> grill the uh, grill oh, the guests. Hey, wow. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so but th- we decided that we we're going to make it uh, today. We're going to make it hunter, uh, basically because we were too lazy to recruit anyone else. So. Mm. We are going to interview... Hibachi the host. Yes. Hibachi the host. <laughs> I like that. Now, that deserves a graphic. Okay. Yeah, we finally hit the one that deserves a graphic. So, we're going to have a Q&A session with uh, the one, the only, the infamous Mr. Hunter Owen. Owen, yeah. Ho for short. <laughs> yeah, most people call him Ho for short. That's right. We uh, we never really... Went... I, is that allowed to stay in, Hunter? We, we didn't go public yeah, with that until just that. today. Okay. Yeah, People used yeah. to call me that in high school, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a fun segment. Nicknames in high school. <laughs> There's no time. All right. So we've got five questions and a little bit of a lightning round that we'll use kind of as a as a break, if you will. Okay. Uh, after question three. Believe it or not, I do have a plan. This is what I do when I have a plan. That's impressive. There's the plan right notes. there. Yep. No, it's not filled notes. No, it's not filled notes. It is the old, the classic old man quarter fold of the eight and a half by eleven. Really? People have changed wow. the world with this strategy, but we don't have time for that either. All right. <laughs> I think Micro uses that. Yeah, Micro probably. Well, he stole it from me, but that's oh. another podcast. So, first question. You ready for this, Hunter? Let's do it. I think you are ready for a few of these. The other ones, we're going to have that lengthy Hunter pause that you can't tell on radio where he kind of stares off in the distance. You keep saying radio. Yeah. You why know not? this is not. Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. Question one What's one thing that you wish you would have known? 
when you opened Coyote? Oh. Oh, they just go straight to it. <laughs> they only they only get better from here, pal. One thing I wish I would have known. Um, God, there's a lot of things I wish I would have known. Um, I would say, um, man, um, do you are you looking for something on like the business side of things or like the client side of things or I've left it intentionally wide open because I felt like knowing you and how you completely screw with all the rules about everything. <laughs> you were like, well, in this category, here's what I wish I would have known in this category. Yeah. These are tying yeah. for second and a half. Yeah, that's right. So it's, it's open-ended, you know, I'm not, I'm not, this is no leading question. Um, I think, um, looking back on it, uh, you know, we've, we've changed a lot since we started. Um, and I think the biggest thing is being more focused on the client specific and what they are looking to do, as opposed to trying to, uh, put a certain, uh, methodology to everybody, if that makes sense. So like we were very competition performance goals, um, lift more weight, you know, go faster in the workout type, um, which is what we started with because that's what I enjoy doing. But for the vast majority of people, that's not uh, sustainable and that's not really what they want to do. They just want to, you know, get in better shape and feel better. And so we're, we've really changed the focus to trying to meet our clients where they're at and um, help them make their reach their specific goals at their own pace. Um, and um, so I think that's the biggest, you know, just a complete overall mindset sh change we've made. Um, to that. And then, um, you know, just, <clears throat> I have gone all in on trying to make the business better. And back then I was going all in on trying to make myself better at competing in CrossFit. So, um, I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a million things that, that are different now from back then, but, and hopefully there'll be a million things that are different in 10 years than now. Um, but I would say that's the biggest, just changing the overall focus of what the organization is trying to do and what we're trying to do as a gym. Yeah. Can I interject a question sure. there? Yeah. yeah. Do you think your drive to be competitive in CrossFit helped or hindered or didn't do anything to Cody in the beginning? To the to the gym as a whole, uh, it definitely hindered it because I mean you can't um you can't focus on multiple things at once to that extent. Like if you're trying to be, you know, a CrossFit Games athlete, like everything else is going to have to suffer. And that's why I always see these like CrossFit Games athletes or people who are trying to cross make it to the CrossFit Games who also run gyms or are coaching other people and I'm like I don't understand why people would want to have them coach them because they're that is not their focus their focus is um, to make it to the games and they're just doing this as a side thing to support that and so you're not going to get a whole lot of um, you know you're going to get the minimum from them um, and so what we want you know, our coaches and our gym to be something that is completely hundred percent focused on serving and helping and being there to help other people. So, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't until I took a step back and decided I didn't want to do that anymore as an individual that I started really taking a deep dive on, all right, well, what do other successful business people do? What do I need to learn? You know, what I need to start reading more and, um, you know, all that type of stuff. Cause there, you only have a finite amount of energy every day to devote to something. If you're devoting all your energy towards one pursuit, everything else is going to suffer. Yeah. I think it opens up the, uh, the age old question though, about, you know, if the tree falls in the forest, like, did that season of you being a business owner 
inform the philosophy of Coyote Fitness in some way that has been very beneficial. Yeah, because you learn what not to do. There's no doubt about that. You 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 learn, um, you know that is not the best way to do things, and then you you evolve. I mean, I wouldn't change anything about how we've done things because it's led us to where we are now. Same thing with my life. I wouldn't change anything about my life because it's led me to this point and I've learned from it, even the, the bad stuff. Um, and so I, th- I look at it as like just an opportunity um, that allowed me to learn and, and grow. And, and yeah, I mean, I learned tons of stuff from my journey of trying to compete as an individual that I can use to help other people. Um, so I wouldn't share that for the world. Um, but as far as just overall philosophy, like, I mean, yeah, we were able to, you know, become a profitable gym doing that, but it it was it's not something that we're going to be help be able to help a tremendous amount of people, and there's no way we could have three locations doing all, you know, doing that and help the amount of people that we do now and all that type of stuff if we were still running it the same way. So you bring up an interesting question, and and I'm asking the second one because I know you, and I, it's going to force you, I think, uh, into a place where you probably don't want to want to go. Okay. So, but, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, based on what you just referenced, we were six minutes in. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, question number two, and I and I, I believe that you have one. I just believe that you probably don't have to put it into play very often. What's your strategy, uh, personally? What is your strategy for dealing with regret? My strategy for dealing with regret. Yep. Um. Hmm. You're not a man that regrets much. I mean, you just said in your answer to the first question, like, hey, I wouldn't change this. Yeah. Even the bad stuff. I do regret. Um, I re- the, the things I regret most in life are the things that I did that um, hurt other people. Um, and so um, where I have been able to, I've had that type of conversation with people um, and, and just apologize or, or um, you know, just put it out there and, you know, say I'm really sorry about, about this or whatever. Um, but as far as like my journey, my life journey in general, you know, I don't regret anything. That's one thing that I, I'm glad that i realized at a young age was I don't want to look back on my life and regret not having gone a hundred percent after something. So I had a conversation with my dad, like my sophomore year of college about baseball. And I told him, you know, I want to do everything I can to, um, make make it to the major leagues and um i i just want to say that i try i I did everything that i could i don't want to look back in 10 years and say man i wish i would have done this different because things might have turned out different and so i don't have regrets in that area even though i didn't achieve my goal because i did everything i could at that time now there's stuff i know now that i think could i I know would have helped me um have a better chance of doing that but i mean i didn't know it at that time so i did you know, I left no stone unturned at that point. Same thing with, with CrossFit and trying to compete. You know, I did everything I possibly could. I devoted, I went all in, I devoted my life to it. It didn't work out. But, um, so I, I don't regret that. What I would regret, and I talked to you about this at the gym the other day, there's things that I want to do that I know, um, at the, at the end of my life, if I'm looking back that I will regret not having done them. And so those, that's kind of what I'm looking at at this point in my life is, when I'm 80, 90, 100 years old or whatever it is, and I'm about to die or I'm about deathbed or, you know, reflecting on my life, um, what do I wish I would have done? Um, and I, I want to um, at least say, hey, I, I, want, I really wanted to do this. I gave it a shot. I gave it my best effort and it didn't work out, and that's fine. So I have peace around all that type of stuff, whereas if I hadn't have uh, gone after it with, you know, if I 
felt like I wasn't really trying, um, I would regret that for, for the rest of my life. There's no doubt. Solid answer. So you, the, the regrets that are, that are relationally based, you go back and you do, you yeah. do the thing people do and you make it right. Yeah. Or you attempt to make it right. Yeah. I mean, and, and just, yeah, probably the person that, um, I heard it, that doesn't really matter to them, but it's more Isn't that you know, crazy. Yeah. They forget about it. Yeah. They probably have. Yeah. And then you bring it up and they're like, man, I, I totally, thanks for re-angering yeah. me about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the interesting take that you have, and I, this comes out, I think in episode after episode is you, uh, as, as an individual, you have like this, uh, future proofing towards regret, you know, that's usually effort-based. Like I'm going to reach out there and see where that regret may creep up in my story and I'm going to put some work towards that end so that yeah. I don't have to get to that position. So yeah. you, you you take a proactive approach historically, but also in the future, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, because like if I tried everything I could and it didn't work out, like that's that's all I could have done. There's nothing else. It wasn't it wasn't in the cards for me in in that area or whatever it is. So, um, but if I don't try and I just just don't even go after it, well then I can look back and say, man. What what would have ha- what would have happened? What could have happened? What should have happened if I would have done this? How, how I could have been a contender, you know, you know, like, <laughs> you know. That's what the on the waterfront movie. That's what it's all about. Is a guy having regret, and he because he didn't go after his dream as a boxer, he ended up being a you know a a, a thug, and so um, so I, I don't want to yeah I want to be able to look back on my life and say hey maybe I didn't achieve all of my goals and I'm, I know I won't achieve all my goals, but I, I did everything I could to achieve them. And that, that allows me to have peace in that area. So I've, I've done that thus far, um, with, you know, two of my big pursuits and now it's with business, you know, I have big business goals and I'm trying to, I want to achieve them. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but at least I'm going to do everything I possibly can to, to help it and help get there. I respect that. So follow up question. Have you apologized to Ty for the whole living room chair incident yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> ty and i have a much better relationship than we did as 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 young lads <laughs> you you've made peace with that yeah right? yeah uh yeah i don't if you have a brother who is close to your age you will understand like i'm two years older than ty and so you know that's just too close of an age i think and when you're young like you just fight all the time and we had we we were very different in the things we like to do and the you know, the way we lived our lives. And so, you know, I, I wasn't a very good sibling to any of my, um, my brother or my sister growing up. And so I've apologized to them, um, for that. And, um, I try to be a lot, lot, have a lot better relationship with them. Um, but I was very, um, withdrawn as a, as a teenager and kind of in my own world. And I had some issues that you know, with my parents and stuff that I've talked through with them, but I think you did help Ty through his hot dog addiction. Though. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that, was, uh, much, that was you, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with my relationship with all my siblings now at this point. But you know, I do regret that, you know, not being a better older brother um, as a kid. So, hey, but you did the best you could with what you had, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. All right, uh, next one. This is totally leading in. Like, man, just take a second and talk about the kind of interviewer I am. Pretty just deep, let's man. Enjoy it for a moment. <laughs> all right. This is leading directly into my third question. I cannot wait to hear the answer to this this question. Top three resources for becoming a better person. Oh gosh, um, jeez, these questions. I'm gonna get some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Top three resources. Um, number one is books. Um, there is literally, to you know, books to me it is you can have access to 
the greatest minds in the, in the history of the world in any area. And you can basically have a conversation with millions of dead people um, and learn from their experiences. And you can either learn from your own experiences and failures, or you can learn from other, other people's experiences and uh, learning from other people's experiences is a lot um, quicker and a lot less painful. And so if you, this is, this is what I did, uh, you know, five, six years ago, it was, I'm not where I want to be in life. I don't know how to get there. So I need to figure out what I need to figure out, you know? So I'm just going to start looking for it through podcasts, through books. I'm, and I started by looking for people who were successful in areas that I was, you know, I I actually, I used, I always did this. I did this with baseball. I would look at people who were doing really well baseball and see what they were doing. I did it with CrossFit. I used to obsess over Rich Froning and I, I studied everything he did. I, I literally wrote down all the workouts he would do and I would look at him and kind of see how he was breaking things up during the day. And then I would try to do them or try to apply that to my own. And I would look at other people as well, but look and see what the, the people who are successful in the area that I, that I want to be successful in are doing and then start doing it. And so that's what I did. I started looking to, uh, you know, successful business, uh, people, successful, uh, entrepreneurs, just, you know, successful people in general and started reading about them and trying to learn what they did and what, what made them successful. And then it's funny once you start doing that, it's, it lead, you know, it's like a bread, breadcrumb trail. You, you get the next breadcrumb and then you follow it. And some, some stuff you take, some books you take one thing from some books you take a hundred things from, but you, you constantly keep going and then you just fall in love with learning in general because it's so, so awesome. So, um, but I, when people, you know, you see all the time and people talk about so-and-so didn't have the opportunities other people have. Well, I'm like, there's a public library that has millions of books. All you got to do is have a library card and you have access to pretty any information that you could possibly need to be successful in this world is at your fingertips. All you got to do is go and look for it and you'll eventually find it. And so, um, read. And I mean, if you can't, I mean, if you don't have the discipline to sit down and read a book, like you're not going to make it that far. I mean, just honestly, mm. I mean, you're not, you're not going to reach your goals if you don't have the discipline. I mean, it's hard for anybody when they first start reading to sit down and read, but like the, the stuff that you're going to get out of it is worth it. So, um, that would be my number one is read books, you know, just, just start reading, start. What area are you, are you in, in life? What area do you want to be good in at life? Find somebody who's good at it and go figure out a book that's about them or a book by them and read it. And then, um, number two is podcast. That was, uh, that was a huge change in my life when I quit listening to the radio and when I drove my car and started listening to podcasts, that was just a complete mindset shift for me where I'm driving. Let me take advantage and use this time instead of just wasting it, listening to the radio. Cause I mean, we all spend, you know, probably hours a day in the car, Mm. like, why, if you're just listening to the radio, I got so tired of listening to the radio and hearing the same songs over and over and over again. So I started listening to podcasts and then after coaching all day at the gym, I would only be able to listen so far and then my, I would, my brain would just get tired. So I'd switch back some music. And then eventually over time I was able to listen to more and more podcasts, you know, longer durations, um, while I was driving. And now, you know, I hadn't listened to the radio and I mean, I might put it on when my wife's in the car every now and then. But other than that, I have, I literally haven't listened to the radio in the car for in years when I'm by myself. I only listen to podcasts. I only pull up YouTube videos and listen to those, um, you know, just stuff that I'm trying to learn about and trying to fully immerse myself because like I said, it's just addicting to learn. 
Um, so, uh, and then number three would be, um, mentors, Men you know, mentors is finding somebody who's where you want to be and, you know, start asking them about it. Now, I do that at the gym with people who are successful in business. I'll just, and it's not anything formal. I'll just ask them about, you know, what's going on in your business? What, you know, what are you, uh, what are you working on now? You know, what's been successful for you? You know, what, what's something you've learned? What books do you recommend that I should do? And then I try to reciprocate, reciprocate and that relationship and maybe add some value to them. Like I can't add monetary value to somebody who's a multimillionaire, but maybe I can add some other type of value or, you know, maybe I can just be a friend to them or listen to them. And people who have had success, they want to share that with other people, but they don't want to share it with just anybody. They want to share it with people who are really like, if they tell them, give them some advice, they're actually going to go and do it. Or if they tell them to read a book, they're actually going to go get it. You know, if, if I, if somebody comes and asks me for advice and I tell them what to do and then they don't do it. And then they ask me for advice again in two weeks. I'm like, why would I tell you what to do if you're not even going to do it? You know, who are you so. talking to? <laughs> I'm a preacher. That's my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, and, 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 you know, being a coach is very similar. It, it's, you know, you hear people gripe and complain about the same stuff over and over and over again, year and year and year. And you tell them like, you need to stop doing this. You need to stop doing that. You need to start doing this. And they, they don't do it. Um, so you, there, you, you have to have a lot of empathy for that in that area, but that's going down another rabbit hole. So yeah. I would say books, podcasts, and mentors. So the thread that you could pull through all those is that you have, you know, people's experiences are being delivered into your life experience through that medium. It's either going to be through a book or through audio, listening to that podcast mm -hmm. or having that conversation one-on-one. You know, uh, I think I feel like in listening to answer the point that you're making is the best way to become a better person is to engage in a dialogue with a better person. Learn from better people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. like they, they literally have already done it. So why wouldn't you try to learn as much as you can from, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't say you have to get a step-by-step walkthrough from on how somebody got to where they are and follow that specifically. Cause every person's um, path and life is unique, but you know, success leaves clues. It's one of my favorite sayings. And, um, you can, once you start looking at enough people, you start seeing common themes in their lives and what they do. Um, and you can start saying, well, all these successful people, they're all doing this. Maybe I need to start doing that. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Now I understand why you're wanting to bend my ear so much at the gym. <laughs> it's hard to get a workout in. Like, Hunter, really? Come on, man. All right, lightning round. These are going to be fun. Well, I have been asking you about your morning routine because that's something that I want to do. So, Man, it's crazy good. I don't, look, we don't have time. That's a totally different, <laughs> totally different conversation. We don't have time to change your life right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm totally committed for six days, so I want credit for like it being my whole life. <laughs> so, Which I think there was one day that I committed to my morning routine. I told Hunter about this. It was freezing and raining. And I still did it. You did. Very, very, very unlike me. Didn't excuse my way out of it. All right. You ready for these lightning questions? Let's do it. Yeah. We've only got, uh, only got two more real serious questions. So I want to get these out of the way. Okay. Just initial response. Boom. They're all versus questions. Okay. okay. Nike versus Reebok. Nike. Travel versus stay home. Travel. Snickers versus Snickers. <laughs> that was for me. Versus. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, interesting i love snickers but not in a blizzard another conversation all right fourth of july or memorial day uh fourth of july cups or starbucks cups neither castro versus jocko oh jocko fidel <laughs> yeah jocko really yes absolutely i don't know man. it's castro this just, is not lightning round castro feels like one of those sneaky guys that would just really surprise everyone all right, I agree with you on all those, by the way. Yeah, we're okay, so we can remain friends. <laughs> all right, back to the serious part of the interview. Yeah. 
This will be an intriguing question. Okay. I have no idea how you're going to answer this. What's a common myth about fitness you wish you could erase? Uh, I could go a lot of different directions with that. Um, the biggest one, and it's it's surfaced again with Jillian Michaels, is that CrossFit is dangerous. Um, doing functional movements like that are dangerous for you. Your body wasn't meant to perform those, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's just really frustrating because it keeps a lot of people from being able to actually see the benefits of it. Um, and how it can literally drastically change your life. And I had a ton of fitness experience before I started CrossFit. I, we talked about that a lot. You know, I spent 15 years at the Globo gym going four days a week and doing all this type of stuff. And I literally made more progress in one month of CrossFit, my first month, than I did in years at, you know, doing all that other stuff. And so if you're willing to commit to it, um, and you stick with it, it can literally change your life. And I mean, our, our gyms are, are full of people who look younger, they feel better, they're fitter than they've ever been, but it's frustrating. And one aspect is people are scared to come in and even try it. And number two, a lot of people who do come in, they have this idea in their mind that they're going to get hurt. And then as soon as they get one minor little pain or tweak, oh, I knew this was going to, this was going to hurt me. And then they quit. And so it's really frustrating trying to fight that uphill battle. Um, so that's, uh, that's a big one. Um, and then just the, the whole mindset around fitness in general in this country is just so bad. Like you mm. think the, the way to lose weight or to be help, you know, they think people think what healthy is, is somebody who's super skinny, who eats a, a piece of lettuce for lunch every day. And that's just not, that's not what healthy is. That's skin, that's skinny fat with it. What we call it. You know, you, you take one of these people that weigh a hundred hundred pounds and their body fat percents over 30%. Like that's not healthy. Not good. So, um, I know you wish you could walk into all the bookstores and go to the fitness section and just put on every cover caloric deficit. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just that in under a different name. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Caloric calorie deficit, but, but you know, protein, people just don't, don't talk about how important protein is. And it is literally the most important macronutrient and it can literally change your body composition just by starting to get enough of it. So, um, there's a lot, I mean, there's so many things wrong with, I mean, with fitness in this country and look at it, our obesity rates keep going higher and higher and higher. The, this is last year was the first year in like 20 years that the, uh, life average life expectancy actually went down as opposed to up in, in our country. And I mean, look how this, this, this year, the pandemic from the 2020 just it highlighted like how unhealthy this country is. Cause it just ravaged through us because, you know, all these people with, pre-existing comorbidities and obesity and diabetes they were just it was like uh they were that's that's exactly who struggled with the virus and so that's why we just got destroyed as a country and then you know the their the fda is putting out uh dietary recommendations that are completely wrong you know they're based off of eating all this food uh that the agriculture sector of the country makes because they pay them to do that um and so our food pyramid is loaded with carbs and bread and pasta and all that type of stuff at the bottom loaded. Yeah. And, yeah. and they tell you not, you don't need to eat that many meats and all that type of stuff, which is the complete opposite of what, what it should be. So there's a lot that's wrong with it in the, at this point. Yeah. It's a, it is a mess. Mm -hmm. And part of your uh, business model is to try to make a dent in that mess. Right. I mean, that's what you're after. Yeah. And I, especially, I mean, we're in the, if not the, unhealthiest state in the country one of the two 
um, depending on the year. Us in West Virginia. Yeah. Going for it. Yeah, Louis- speaking of Maine. Louisiana huh? and Alabama and Arkansas, we're all around the same. And so, um, I mean, we're 49th or 50th in pretty much all categories. And so we're at the heart. West Virginia. <laughs> they got us. <laughs> we're, at, we're at the heart of the problem in this country. And so if we can impact um, as many people as we can, you know, we have almost 500 members across three gyms. And then, um, you know, the, the former members that we have who, you know, hopefully learn something <clears throat> that they can still apply to their life. And then hopefully we can help more people through the podcast. And we want to keep putting that mess, that healthy lifestyle message out there to people. Um, and hopefully, you know, every one of our members is influencing one person in their life and, you know, that, you know, that, that way. So, Oh yeah, man, just the, the, the trickle down domino effect, whatever you want to call it. I mean, uh, I posted a picture the other day and my 13 year old son is in there with me. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, so that, that was something I'm like, man, what a benefit of all of, of the advocate that I've tried to be for Coyote Fitness. Yeah. That really made things yeah. sink in for the, me. These like, kids that grow up and think it's normal to go to the gym and work out on Saturday morning and think it's normal to eat healthy and eat, eat a lot of protein and all that type of stuff. You know, that's going to, what's, what's going to change the face of this world is when all these kids start being adults and they start really having influence and influencing their kids and all that type of stuff. It's just going to take a lot and a long, a long time, but you know, hopefully we can help out with that. Yeah. My, uh, my son's number one complaint about CrossFit, uh, he was called little Derek. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't like that. He was like, wait a minute. I'm like, well, you are compared to me, but most, you know, so here, where do we go? <laughs> hey, well, that's what happens to little brothers too, buddy. That's what <laughs> exactly. you're like. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, okay. Last question. This is one that's going to take a moment. So we might have to like okay. edit out the pause. Okay. Okay. But it's, it's, I think a fantastic question. What's one question that you wish I would have asked or that you've always wanted to answer publicly? <laughs> one question I've always wanted to answer public. Yeah. You, maybe you were prepared to talk about today that didn't come up. Mm. Man, I don't know. That's a tough one. This is, uh, this is next level above Tim Ferriss. Hey, I'm telling you, <laughs> this guy's got nothing on me. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, one question I wish that you would have asked or that I would like to talk about. Um, I would say maybe what motivates me, um, what, what motivates me, uh, I think what, I think what motivates me the most is at this point in my, in my life in, in the gym is being able to take what I have learned over the years and teach that to our coaches, um, who then can pass that on to, uh, our members. And so I, there, nothing excites me more than when, you know, I can help a coach, you know, make a career for themselves in fitness and impact, you know, the quality of life of hundreds of people and just see the genuine excitement they have and the excitement they get when they call me and tell me about, um, a client just told them, you know, did their body scan and they lost 5% body fat or, I just signed up another member and they told me, you know, their, their life story. And, uh, they, they've been through this really tough time and that, that their, you know, CrossFit has kind of helped get them on the right track and, or, you know, the gym has helped them get them on the right track or whatever the case may be. 
uh, that, that, that's what fires me up and gets me excited is being able to, um, pass what I've learned on to, uh, our coaches, um, and help them to, um, you know, have a big impact on, on people's lives because I mean, really it's, there's, in my opinion, there's not much more fulfilling, um, job out there than being able to help somebody literally change their life, change the quality of their life, see them, uh, have more confidence in the, in the, in the gym. You know, I see it with teenagers, especially like they come in and they won't even look you in the eye. And then after six months, they're like giving you a hard time about something. You know? They're like this 16 year old kid just went from not being, able to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not being able to talk to me to now they're, they're making fun of me. And I love it. Uh, just seeing that, that change in their confidence and seeing that translate into the rest of their life. And so that, I mean, it's so, it's so fulfilling and so rewarding to be able to work with those type of people every day. And then I just love going to the gyms and being surrounded by like-minded people who want to better themselves, want to get better, be the best version of themselves. They're not complacent with where they are in life because in most other areas in life, you, you go somewhere and you're going to be surrounded by a lot of people who are moaning and griping and complaining about this, that, and the other. And it's not fair. I'm in this thing. So-and-so did me wrong or whatever. And you know, I'm, I love being around people who are taking charge of their health and taking charge of their life and have that growth mindset. So, um, but what motivates me most is being able to create that opportunity that I have that been able to be fulfilled through my work with uh, other people and being able to give them a career, um, doing that and as well. So it's a pay it forward. Yeah. When you know that feeling of being the recipient, you almost get addicted to being the giver. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, I think a lot of people might, um, misinterpret my motivation, my, um, um, desires or wants or whatever, because they don't really know me and they just assume and people, you know, people will look at you and, and, and assume things just by the, how you look or the way you act or whatever. But I would say most people that, are on the outside looking in, don't have any idea. So there's a lot of that going around today, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. You get a, speaking of data points, you get a few data points on an individual and you kind of fill in the gaps and create a, an entire narrative that's just completely unfounded. Yeah. yeah. And, and people will take, you know, maybe you remind them of another person that they've seen before, or you're just, uh, you're just like this other guy, or you're just like the, you're, you're just another one of those types. And they associate all those other negative stereotypes to you when in reality they don't know anything about you so yeah great answer to that really difficult question congratulations that was a hard one thank you, you. pace through the five well the hot seat you accomplish <laughs> it we'll give you a little round of applause hey speaking of applause oh there are things in life that people love to applaud at right oh, and yeah. uh end with the preposition one of those is a concert right have we stopped saying the transitional yes you said jingle you, you, you didn't, didn't do it last episode either did he mm, i don't know man i just outside the Oh, oh. <laughs> band edition. <laughs> band edition. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I thought I you know. said band Continue edition. with your segue. <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, I've lost the magic, man. You know, sometimes you got writer's block. It is a new year. I don't transition know. Transition block. You know, I don't know. My falsetto. I think I've lost a little confidence in it, to be honestly honest with you. Um, so here we go. We're talking about, because this was a wildly popular episode. I mean, I don't know how it made uh, all these news outlets and media stuff, but people went crazy over our overrated, underrated. Oh, yeah. 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 So we decided we're going to bring it back and really focus mm. in on 
something that would make people even more upset to talk about, something that people are even more personally vested in, and that is overrated and underrated bands. Or artists. Or artists of all time. Not in a particular genre. We're just talking about music here, folks. And we're going to talk about the bands that, obviously, we're going to pick some that they have a huge following, all kinds of fans, and no one knows why, okay? We're just going to break these things down and try to get this figured out. Yeah, so I came up uh, while you guys were spitballing and talking about a whole bunch of nonsense. (laughs) I came up with... Motivation, uh, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. I got to the meaty stuff. I came up with 14... Uh, people. Fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> what a number! <laughs> well, I just kind of I ran out of people that may be a little controversial, you know. Okay. Okay. Um. Anyway, so I came up with fourteen uh, artists or bands that could be uh, that you could uh fairly have an opinion one way or the other. Uh, you may be scrutinized by someone at the table. But there are probably people in the world that agree that would agree with you. Okay, wherever you go, is Prince Fair? on the list? No. Okay, I almost did. Okay, but I would have yelled at anybody that said he's not a genius. <laughs> he's kind of hey. like what you're talking about with Dave Foster last episode. Yeah. Like that dude's name is on so many songs. Yeah, you made the list. Anyway, uh, number one, coming in hot, probably an obvious one to bring up, but I just kind of want to hear y'all's opinions on it. The Beatles. Wow, you can You're say properly rated as Beatles? yeah. You can say properly rated as well. Mm. Okay, I think if you're saying the Beatles as a whole, I'm going to say overrated. Okay, because there is a there's an incredible mystique around this band, and it's true. You have this like they they were a market disruptor, but the, now if you're talking like Lennon and McCartney. Then maybe I would have a different opinion. But if you're if you're putting them all together, uh, yeah, I would say overrated. And I'm a guy that owns the the album, the number ones, like, and I'll listen to it. But still, I'm like, talking about the red and yellow one. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, sets? yeah. I'm gonna say overrated. I'm gonna say overrated too. I don't think any band could possibly ever be as good as the Beatles are built up to be mm-hmm. in 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 pop culture at this point. You I know? would agree with that. I would say overrated. Yeah, purely front. I'm I'm looking at this as purely like a musicianship, like how mm-hmm. actually intelligent or cool they're actually or good their music was, and it's not it's not bad music. Yeah, but it's, no, nobody it's would not, say that. It's not. I don't think it's great. I'm not music like, of all time. I'm not putting on Beatles like just around the house all day every day. Just listen to it all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not against it, but I will say that here's what I believe has happened with the Beatles. They are so associated with the time and history. Mm-hmm. And people use the Beatles for nostalgia's sake to go back to that time. Yeah. They're adding a lot of stuff onto the music. Is And I think that's kind of what you're saying, Chase. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we all agreed. Man, Impressive. I can't believe we navigated that. That was like, I was scared of that one. Here's my, I, I saved my favorite one for number two. Uh, number two, the Rolling Stones. Hmm. Ooh. I'll say underrated. I'm going to go with underrated as well. I think uh, the Rolling Stones were... I like their music better than the Beatles' music. Come on, and I, I, they're so they're to me they're below the Beatles in everybody's eyes, and I think I like their music better than the than the Beatles. So. Yeah, I find that strange that they are that they're below. But yeah, as I they're go just back, darker. I think or the early stuff that came out alongside the Beatles, I think it was just 
the Beatles were happier and poppier, and they had like that's what made them cross the, the teenage girls. So well. is yeah. what made them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you go back and you do some YouTube uh, research on the Rolling Stones, and you stumble across recordings of them in the studio yeah. early in their career, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. These guys were crazy good. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I, 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 I think underrated. But even after this long career, they're underrated. That's yeah. crazy to me. What do you say, Chase? I say overrated. Oh. What? <laughs> I don't like the Rolling Stones oh, at all. How could you disagree with Jimmy Fallon? Jimmy Fallon likes Easily. the Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> Easily. People do it all the time. I just I get tired of seeing a, a Rolling Stone magazine is what do, has done it to me. But literally every single... But like, the Rolling Stone magazine is not named after the Rolling Stones. No, I know. It's I'm named di- after Bob Dylan's song. I get it. I'm just saying, every single top 100 artists, yada yada, of all time, they're always number one on like almost every every list. Oh, and I they? just I think there there are better. Well, here's bands here's the solution to that answer: quit reading that garbage magazine. <laughs> that's it is right. awful. But that's how you have to rate overrated or underrated. It is what people a, think of. But them. other than that magazine, you're, you're right. They do. But this is what I'm saying though: on these official lists that are built by people that know music. They're, they're rising to the top. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's who's, this isn't like the American teen awards. These are people that know music and they're like, they're, I think they're trying to compensate for the fact that this band is underrated by pushing them way up to the top of the list. Oh yeah. It's the, it's the, the age old critic thing. They're not going to pick the most popular thing, whatever it is as number one, you know, like the AFI top hundred movie of all time is Citizen Kane. Like nobody would say that's their favorite movie. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, but like if you Rolling walked Stones around, if you, if you asked a thousand people in the in the U.S. who was a better, more famous band, Beatles or Rolling Stones, I would say the vast majority of them would say Beatles. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. I would pick the Rolling Stones over the Beatles musically, yeah. but I still think they're overrated. Okay, overhyped. Very chase opinion. All right. Yep. Uh, number three, David Bowie. Mm. I'm gonna go with overrated. Uh, because I've tried to, because again, because of the mystique, I've tried to get into this guy, and I'm like, this is just strange. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, he was pretty strange too. I'll say properly rated. I don't, I don't have an opinion either way really on him. I think since he's died, his uh, his overall global opinion has like really risen up, as happens with people that die, and it's just like it's interesting, but I don't, I don't, I wouldn't call it listenable. Yeah, like it's you hear it and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Now I never have to listen to that again. <laughs> <laughs> That's about where I put David Bowie. Yeah. And gosh, his collaboration with Queen was just hot garbage. Yeah. You can't sing alongside Freddie Mercury. And yeah, so David Bowie is kind of like a, a, a lemon Oreo. Like, that was interesting, but I never want to buy those hey, again. I like lemon Oreos. I do too. That's all I was making. Gonna, <laughs> he, I will equate him uh, similar with someone that's on down the list, but we'll get there later. Okay. Uh, number four, Michael Jackson. Uh, overrated. Uh, I deleted all of Michael Jackson's uh, music off of our Spotify playlist after I saw that documentary. Whew. This is another debate that Chase and I often have, and we've kind of like not only made a truce but aligned on it, separating the person from yep. the art. Yep. And what what a huge dilemma that is. Um, I I've read some information on Michael Jackson that kind of brought him down a couple of notches for me musically. I'll I'll say what it is. He was influenced by a lot of people that were doing the same things that he was doing. He just became famous for them. So it's kind of that classic, like he's experiencing things musically from people that just weren't as famous as he was, and he was able to launch those ideas. 
like people have this understanding that Michael Jackson just created all this stuff. He's just this genius musically, but he was, he was borrowing things like most people do. And once I heard that, I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'm going to hold you to that opinion with someone that's later on down the list. Sure. If you change, I'm going to call you out. Yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> uh, I would call Michael Jackson properly rated. I get the whole, like, your opinions on how he was as a person, that's fine. Uh, and it's fair, but I, I agree on, obviously, because we've talked about this many times off mic, but you have to be able to separate it, mm-hmm. uh, like you do with, honestly, a lot of artists. Um, a lot of I, them aren't great people. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Right. Yeah, but I, I mean, I guess you could say overrated if you look at the height of his fame. Good grief. That guy was a worldwide phenomenon. Beatles 2.0. Yeah, I mean, that's, it was crazy. Completely crazy. I think his music was better than the Beatles, though. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, they're just very different. It's yeah. hard to... Well, no, and within their genres okay, is what okay. I mean. Yeah, all right. I'll see anyway, that. I just like Michael Jackson. I see that. Uh, number five, Dave Matthews. Mm. Overrated. Extremely, extremely overrated. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I'm going to say this as a... I have to put this out there first. Big fan. A lot of because of the Beatles reason. Like, I'm... The the first time I heard Dave Matthews, I'm in a, a car of a friend of mine I'd just recently reconnected with right at the coming of age years, and uh, I was listening to really bad country music at the time, <laughs> and he was like, no, no, you got to hear this, and it just completely captured my attention, you know, the fiddle especially. So let me interject. Are you, is he overrated in the 90s or overrated now? Um, I feel like overrated now and what i mean by that is looking back i'm like whoa there's there's a lot of gaps in this guy's so music. you're going off your just your personal opinion not what everybody thinks about him yeah yeah i mean people love to be hard on dave matthews because he's like oh he was just a frat boy blah 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 blah. but there's some st- he is surrounded by incredible musicians yes so and he's a good musician himself and he's a good musician himself vocally not so great and he's only yeah. like he's kind of bon jovi over time uh, which means getting worse. Uh, so right, the Bon Jovi uh, was already bad. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah, I think I think he's uh, overrated because a lot of people are going back to their the glory days in their life and associating that. Um, I like his recent stuff. I've just kind of fallen off, which is an indicator to me of I'm associating my life that time of my life with that music. The whole go to the Dave Matthews concert and go to all these concerts and follow him around. I was just like, everybody act like it was the greatest concert in the world. I saw him in concert. It was okay. I mean, Man, I went, I saw him at the pyramid and I thought the place was going to explode. Yeah. But that was at the height. That was in, that was in 98 and it was crazy hype around Dave Matthews. But, um, I, I think he's overrated in, in general, but He's one of those guys that you can investigate the members of his band, and you're like, man, those guys are pretty talented people. I think without those people, I don't know that Dave would have been Dave. No, he wouldn't have been. Okay. Was that the one you were going to hold me to? That was kind of easy. No. Okay. No. Heavens no. Got it. Um, I want to say underrated, by the way. But I I think that shows the, like, I don't have any of the 90s, like, influencing. Like, I just... All I hear is people crap on Dave Matthews. <laughs> yeah. so, um, like, he's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, look, he's, he would whip up on on other people in that time frame. I mean, including the Goo Goo Dolls. Like, they, they get way more credit and respect for some reason than... Yeah. That's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. Anyway, all right, number six. The age-old classic, Nickelback. 
Uh, I'm going to say underrated. <laughs> I agree. I think they're underrated. Be they're because, underrated. Because here's, here's the thing. They were so, they were so big when, you know, on, on pop radio when I was like in high school and then they just got just vitriol hate from people for so long <laughs> that now there's just can't like, go lower than their yeah, opinion. Now there's like this uprising of, well, screw you. I like Nickelback, you know, <laughs> now they're coming back. And, uh, so I, I think for, for the amount of hate they got, they're not, they're, they're not that bad. You the don't Nickelback is, shame me. <laughs> a bad, a bad band can't make never made it as a wise man. Like that's a great, that's a great song. Great song. Mm. Anyway, also if it's some of their heavier stuff, there are some fantastic guitar licks. That was their first song that came out on the radio, and yeah. uh, I liked that song. And then, like after a couple more, everybody just started hating on them, and it wasn't cool to like Nickelback anymore. Yeah, I think um, they did spawn some really funny memes. Though. <laughs> My judgment's a little bit clouded on this uh, because it brings to mind like Vertical Horizon, Puddle of Mud, Ugly Kid Joe. I like Puddle of Mud. I'm like, eh, you know, are these guys good? Like, they're good enough for me to not change to the next local station. But I have never intentionally listened to Nickelback. If 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 a scale was zero to a hundred in po- in the in the court of popular opinion, Nickelback would be a one. Yes. <laughs> and so, to me, that's Therefore, underrated. They're above a one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not a okay. hundred, but they're above a one. Yeah. I saw like twenty three. <laughs> it's just incorrect that people would be like, "Oh, he Nickelback that." Yeah. You know, it's just you shouldn't be saying those kind of things. There are way worse bands out there than Nickelback. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. Cool. Probably Glad on this list. Uh, no. No, the rest of the list is pretty strong compared to Nickelback, which is not hard. Uh, number seven, John Mayer. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, you should go first. Chase and I definitely agree here. Uh, in the court of overall worldwide public opinion, John Mayer is underrated. I don't. I don't ever hear anything about John Mayer anymore. Uh, he's kind of exactly. He stopped being a turd. Yeah, that's what yeah. happened. He yeah. He's definitely a uh, attempting to recover narcissist. Yeah, but musically, and I think doing a good job. Here's here's a funny story. Is I, there a musician that's not a narcissist? Um, the Nickelback guys probably. <laughs> <laughs> so they I, got really humbled. Yeah, <laughs> funny thing when uh, Mayor first really started to come out, um, there was a coffee house in Waco. I was living there at the time, and he played there a few times. And some bootlegs were circulating around Baylor, and there was a bootleg of a, a particular concert where the people in the crowd were screaming out Dave Matthews songs for, for him to play. And really? he lost it. I bet. Completely lost it. So, But I think that's part of why he's underrated because people get in there and they hear Room for Squares and they're like, oh, another, another acoustic yeah. guitar, singer-songwriter, like whatever. And they don't make it to Continuum where the whole world was like, holy crap. What just happened? Yeah. yeah. And, and everything after that. Literally everything after that, okay? So if I'm, like, all up in the fields and wanting to be 18 again, I'm going to put on Dave Matthews. But if I want to listen to some good music, I'm going to Mayer. I'm 41 years old. I'm still listening to Mayer. Yeah. I think as a musician, he's underrated. As a brand, he's overrated. Yeah, interesting distinction. But, I mean, when I, when Clapton is on film saying, this guy's really good. A master guitar yeah, player. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, come on. Underrated. He is underrated. In that aspect, I agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, he dated Jessica Simpson, so he didn't help himself out very much. He dated like every famous celebrity female. But you in, like, guys the are doing the same thing that y'all are doing with uh, Dave Matthews. 
What's what is that? that? Bring it back to the modern. Where is oh, he at now? Yeah, you where is that? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally underrated right now. Yeah, I would say underrated. Yeah, because yeah. you don't ever hear anything about him. Yep. Yeah. All right. Cool. Number eight, Queen. Underrated. Underrated. Queen to me is maybe the best band. There of the you 80s. go. <laughs> Screw you, Rolling Stones. Yeah, of the eighties. Yeah, no, of all time. Of all time. Queen oh, is wow. the greatest Whoa. band of all time. Whoa. <laughs> no one, no other band on earth has ever spanned genres like they have. They had disco hits. Yeah, they, they did. had metal hits. They had rock hits. They had a fifties uh, song like kind of cover version. I yeah, can't, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of it right now. That's because their lead singer couldn't quite figure out who he was. Because he could be everything. That's part of his story, yeah. yeah. One of the best singers of all time. There's He's no a doubt fascinating about that. character. Look, if you yeah. want to have some some really cool, uh, musically entertaining moments, what what is it called? What are the YouTube searches we do? Is it voice only or uh, uh, Isolated vocals. Yeah, isolated vocals. You listen to that Raw guy. talent. Whoa, whoa. So good. Like, holy moly, you're right. The, as a vocalist... Completely, completely outrageous. Queen, yeah. Queen should be in the top ten of every single band list of all time ever. I My agree question with that. has been when I look into their career and especially that man's life, like, was it essential for him to be conflicted to make his art, or did it restrict him from what he could have been if he didn't waste so much time on personal essential. conflict? Mm. It, I don't it, know. It feels essential. There's this one that one story about the the concert they did. Was it Live Aid? What Mm-hmm. What was it they did where, I mean, he just like doubled down. He was like, we're going to do this. Oh, yeah. they oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was the mm-hmm. turning point. Yeah. So I think if he hadn't faced so much it's internal. It's what made them legends, yeah. Yeah, he hadn't faced so much internal adversity up until that moment. I think what makes Queen so good is the fact that they didn't all hate each other like every other 80s yeah. band at that time. So they were happy to be making music together, which I think unlocks creativity. You're not just copy-pasting hits to... It was an interesting uh, collective of people too. They were they weren't all the oh, same. Yeah. They were very oh, different. God. You had freaking Freddie Mercury, and then their bassist is like the nerdiest guy on the planet. <laughs> Could have been an accountant if he like wanted the guy to. From down they the had, street, uh, their lead guitarist is a physicist. Wait, yeah. That like, guy's in Queen. No way. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I get it. Anyway, great. Uh, number nine, the Foo Fighters. Uh, I would say underrated. I like the Foo Fighters, and I. I don't know. I don't know if, if they get a whole lot of their due the, these days. You know who loves them is SNL. They're they're like six timers as far as music, uh, music groups go. Um, I can't hardly listen to Dave Grohl talk. Really? really? I love Dave Grohl. He's just yeah. like, I mean, it's F, F every other word. You is know? he? Yeah. Oh, oh. It's just like so distracting. Like, I don't know what it is about him particularly, but I've list, I've watched some like documentaries and stuff on him. And I'm just like, man, I just can't even watch this. But so, I, I do like their music. Yeah. I, I mean, I can listen to some Foo Fighters for sure, but I would say they're overrated because I think they are they were on the scene because of the connection with Nirvana. Oh, I like their sound way better than Nirvana. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think mo- most people do, but I think that's what allowed the uh, the deal to happen. You know, drummer goes lead singer, res- you know, after tragedy strikes and all that. Like the story... I don't know. I mean, I'm probably offending a lot of people, and I certainly don't mean to offend them because I know they probably listen on on an episode-to-episode basis. But I did watch a cool thing where he did a drum-off with with a young girl in quarantine, which is, like, awesome. (laughs) It was really awesome. And she matched him. I mean, she matched him. They have some good workout music to play when you're working out. I think I'd call them properly rated. 
Yeah, probably maybe, ready. Maybe properly yeah, properly. Yeah. yeah, I, I can, guess I they could have like. Yeah, I mean, you look at. Um, oh my gosh, her name just just left me. Courtney. Courtney Love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. So maybe I need to correct my position because she was kind of leveraging that whole thing, to, and it just kind of didn't work out. For they, her, yeah. Yeah, they've stood the test of time. So yeah. probably properly rated as a better. I mean, what do you expect sport? the guy to do? I mean, his the, the lead singer from Nirvana, his band kills himself. He doesn't want to stop making music and start yeah. another band. Got to make the music you wanted to make. Have you guys seen the infamous bass throw, the Nirvana bass throw, where uh-huh. the bass comes back down and hits the guy in the head and knocks him out? No. Uh-huh. It's funny. Very funny. <laughs> you need to check it out. All right, number 10. This could be spicy, given who's here. Pearl Jam. Ooh. Hmm. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, not Eddie Vedder. Okay, that's different. Eddie Vedder is underrated for all time. Yes. I think Pearl Jam's overrated. I don't think they would be where they are without Eddie Vedder. That's what I would say. So probably overrated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, if you look at their whole catalog... You know, they kind of fall into a little bit of that Dave Matthews territory. Like, the the first three albums, you're like, whoa. You know, and then they just kind of got famous and weird. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I would say, if you're talking about, if we were the discussion was about, you know, like, uh, best grunge catalogs and all, they'd be way on up the list. But Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think if you're looking at just Pearl Jam, they have to be overrated because any kind of Pearl Jam recollection that happens now it's always Eddie Vedder that people are talking about. Yeah, yeah, you're going back to the probably album, the album ten, and you're probably finding an unplugged, or you're looking at an Eddie Vedder performance, or the isolated vocals, and yes. you know, yeah. so yeah, Pearl Jam as a whole, like, uh, I don't know that he would say this, but he probably could have done what he did with another group of people. I think I said this before, but the song "Black" that's one of the saddest songs that I've ever heard. Ooh, yeah. So Man. sad. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a sad dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm. Kind of dark, but it's impressive he's made it this long. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Eddie. Hopefully he's happy now. He, yeah. he can turn it off when he gets off stage. Huh? <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, let's go have a Coke or something. I'm great. <laughs> what if he's that way, like, in real life? He can, like, like, he's the greatest actor of all time. Everybody that really knows him, like, yeah, Eddie, like, he's just, it's crazy, man. He's like the life of the party, yeah, man. Favorite genre Strong movie. Strong comedian. Romantic comedies, like. <laughs> Big Catherine Heigl fan. Yeah, right. Uh, all right, uh, number 11, Bob Dylan. Mm. I'm going to say Bob Dylan is overrated just because he's usually like at the very top of like the Rolling Stone list or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's the best of all time. So, yeah, I'm going to say overrated as well. I yeah. Agree. Again, he just, he hit at this time where he's like making this political commentary with his music. Everybody was, he looking. could not have picked a better time. Yeah. Yeah. The, Interestingly, and I've mentioned this to you before, Chase, the uh, the TED Talk that talks about the genius of Bob Dylan and his music making, how he just took other folk songs and literally reversed them and made them hits. Yeah. Pretty fascinating. But yeah, I think he's overrated. Yeah. It, plus, it, it shows, if you're if you're in so much of a box by even your fans, like, he, he tried to go to, like, to the electric kind of sound where it's a little, there's a little more rock and distortion. People freaking hated it. Mm-hmm. And if like if you can't, if you're like uh, not even able or allowed to try and even experiment that way, it probably shows that you're just there for a uh, the scene as opposed to yeah. how good of a musician you were. Speaking mm-hmm. of SNL, Dana Carvey does a pretty good Bob Dylan. Yeah. On the yeah the weekend update. Mm. 
I don't think I've actually seen that. Yeah, that's pretty good. I have to look it up. Yeah. Okay. It's before you guys were born. Well before. <laughs> uh, all right, number 12, Elvis Presley. Ooh. I think Elvis is... I will say, this day and age, Elvis is underrated. Whoa. He's Would kind. Of, he's kind of. He's kind of like Chase. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't, you don't hear anything about Elvis anymore, do you? It's because he got exposed. Mm. Well, that's the whole personal life thing. Like, no, not that. Oh, okay. He got exposed for what? That dude was literally copy and pasting the black sound of that era, and because he was white, he was able to take it with no one caring, and like it propelled him. To uh, it's like the big band people of that time. All these, all the names that you remember from big band sounds from like the twenties. Mm-hmm. It was white musicians copying the jazz sound of uh, the black musicians at that time that didn't have a stage and were getting propelled to fame. Yeah, this is what I. This is who I was talking about earlier, Ben. Yeah, this is pretty. This is pretty uh, well known. I've got like tons of personal attachments to Elvis music, and you know my parents kind of were right there, so. Uh, interesting their their musical influence on me you know some Springsteen and some Chicago and also Elvis you know was played a, a lot um yeah but I, I the longer the more I look back on it I'm like yeah you know and everybody was just covering over how conflicted this guy was like I kind of put him in similar camp with the Beatles yeah as well yeah, and I, I think we should say rolling back to the to the Beatles and it, like we're not saying that these people made bad music. No, he's a great singer. Yeah, or that we don't just ar- not rated as the best of all time. Yeah, yeah, you know the king of like I'm not really sure about that. Not the king of rock. yeah, I'm like no. I, I've never been to his house. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go. <laughs> so that's yeah. how I feel about it. Well said. All right, number thirteen, Willie Nelson. Underrated. Properly rated. Mm. I think underrated. Yeah, I'm going to say underrated. Uh, I think, and you can see his influence on his sons too. Like his son's not a bad artist himself. Uh, I think because of his look and like his reputation took a huge dive because of who he aligned with and because he admitted that he was doing drugs as a as a country. Artist, yeah, like Willie is, Nelson can't get away with it, but uh, freaking Johnny Cash can. Like, yeah, hello, I don't know, for come some on. reason. And I think it starts because if you look back to Willie Nelson in the very beginning, he was one of those like high and tight, very clean cut. Yeah. He completely changed his image, and a lot of people turned their back on him. Yeah, but if you look inside the music industry, Willie Nelson gets a lot of respect. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, especially for songwriting. Yes, yes, which he's very good at. I mean, yeah. he should. Incredible. Yeah. All right, last one. If it's the Counting Crows, I'll be I'll, I'll be so happy. Uh, no, I feel like I don't think the Counting. I think people respect the Counting Crows. Yeah, I would probably okay. properly rated is where I would put them. Mm. Bonus, <laughs> bonus. <laughs> All right, last one. Last great, one. Great one to end it on because we're running out of time anyway. Red Hot Chili Peppers. I was hoping you're going to say this underrated for all time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Look here. Here. Here's my thought on Red Hot Chili Peppers. Hardly anybody has had the the run that they've had, the length of time putting out good music on, um, with John Frusciante as their guitarist. If he's not the guitarist, they garbage. But when he's the guitarist, which he is again, <laughs> Prodigal Son returns for the third time. Uh, I think they're underrated, uh, and I think a lot of people don't don't respect their music or think it's like quality music. They think it's pop 
and um you know just like pop like those people are stupid music. yeah because they I, don't know anything about music yeah i i mean he's a genius i mean he really is john Frusanti is he he's the one that wrote all their good songs so um uh i think they're underrated always will be how come this guy doesn't get more airtime though? Because it's all it's no, all about he, flea. It's all about he leaves the band because he he hates the spotlight and he hates the attention and he can't take it anymore. So he leaves and then he's gone for like a few years and they talk him into coming back and then he comes back and then he can't take it anymore. He leaves again. He's just a very antisocial, anti. He just loves the music and that's it. Mm, mm. I Red Hot Chili Peppers at their peak for me is when they're live and Flea and John just freaking go to town on some essentially jazz that sounds yes. good to the yes i saw them ear. at voodoo fest in new orleans right after danny california came out and it was amazing it was amazing yeah the people best don't, show i've ever been to people don't know that about flea's background he's been open about it in interviews but most people are just like they remember the one or two songs for you know but he's got a heavy heavy jazz background and you've got to be a good musician to be able to play jazz. You just have to, you know? And, um, the fact that he brings that in and it's, he's bringing it into rock and it, yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean, Will Ferrell is an actor and a drummer. I mean, <laughs> I know like it's, impressive. It's, it's, it's very yeah, impressive. Very impressive. Multi-talented. Yeah. yeah. I would say, and I'm, I'm admitting this, to, uh, for myself personally underrated because when I go back to their catalog, I'm just surprised every time. Yeah. You know, you know, you're a really stout, probably underrated band when, Kind of like John Mayer, when your top hits are like not even close to your best, that's when you know you're stout. So they have mm-hmm. a uh, a DVD uh, live at Slane Castle that is out. It's like a thirty or forty song set list. It's amazing. We used to watch it in college all the time. It's just so so good. Just so, more John Mayer parale- parallels. Nokia Theater, mm. Sling Sling Castle, Slane Castle, Slane Ireland, Castle. Yeah. I'm gonna guarantee you that when we walk out of the studio today. And uh, get into our vehicles. We're probably all going to be listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I, I typically listen to them every weekend at some point. I absolutely love it when it when it comes on at the gym. When Red Hot Chili Peppers come on at the at the gym, it has to happen before the workout starts because I don't hear anything after that. Yeah, that's right. In the pain cave, <laughs> uh, but man, it gets me fired up. So my uh, my walkout song in college was "Snow." It's a good one. There you go. I uh, my, The assistant coach in college uh, actually texted me a picture of him listening to it like six months ago, like on Spotify. And he's like, <laughs> every time I I uh, hear this song, I think of you hitting a home run. <laughs> I was like, That's, there you go. But uh, what's your favorite Red Hot Chili Pepper song? Uh, even though I just, I'm kind of going back on what I just said, Can't Stop. Can't the, Stop is the, awesome. I, the freaking guitar and bass together is just... It's so good. It's a great song. That talk about a good workout song. You put that on right when the workout starts. Oh yeah. It's over, man. Yeah. Speaking of PRs, one's on its way. Um, favorite track. You're yeah. Gonna, okay, you're holding me to this? Yeah. Uh okay, here I'm gonna go with this. Uh, because I actually search for this on Spotify and listen to it frequently. Get on top. Love that track. Love Interesting. it. Interesting. Love it. Love That's it. It's way, way back. Yeah. Uh mine's other side. And they they haven't played it either time I've seen I've seen them twice live. They in don't New play Orleans. other side. Either time I went, they didn't play. What? I know, I know. And uh, the second time, John Frusciante, it was with the he wasn't in the band at that time. It was after their uh, Rain Dance Maggie album came out, which was garbage. Um, and uh, the, the other guy was playing, but um, yeah, when I saw him, say I, his he, name, Hunter. 
No, I won't say his name. Okay. That's a, <laughs> that's from the same album. So I think that's an underappreciated album of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm -hmm. I really do. So yeah, other side. Good track. Good track. Not better than mine, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're All right. like we're flirting with the line here for, for recommends. Is it time? Yeah. Speed. My recommend is to listen to Red or go watch Red Hot Chili Peppers live at Slane Castle. Yeah, uh, go watch so that you can get the jam parts. Yeah. Because they're honestly the best. Um, man, I'm trying to figure out where, where to go from here. So I've been, I've recommitted to the podcast life here recently. And um, I just, I don't know. It's usually my recommend. It's my go-to thing, like like Hunter's is books. Um, so I've, I've gotten into this uh, podcast lately that if you look at the thumbnail, you're like, I would never admit that I listen to that publicly. It's just so bad. Um, but it's called the school of greatness. I'm very new to this. Lewis, Lewis house. Yeah. Lewis house. Yeah. He's one of those guys that for some reason can get really, really quality guests. Uh, I guess he's over the tipping point, but the people that he's talking to are, are way smarter than him. And <laughs> so I was gonna say, <laughs> I think he's an a absolute great guru, man. See that, I, I, think he, I think he's a guru, but he has really good people on the show. Yeah, very good people on the show. And I'm, I was recently listening to a doctor talking about, man, everything from diet to mental health. I'm like, whoa, I, this may be the top guy in this field, and this guy got him on his podcast. So it's it's worth a listen. Like I don't. It, it's, it, the thumbnail is not that bad. Oh, it's bad. Come on. It's he, at least 10 years behind. He oh, he started his podcast at the right time. He got in early. He developed a following um, before there was a lot of other competition. If he had started now, he would not be anything. Buried. Yeah, he would yeah, be. He would not. <laughs> Hunter says he would not be anything. He That's amazing. Be. I mean, it's, That's amazing. I used to listen to it, and I just couldn't take it anymore, like, the, the intro song was just cheesy and yeah. like, I was it's, like, man. It's for the guests though. I mean, yeah. I, I no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Continually surprised. I have, you know, related to that, I have another, uh, another one I'm listening to right now called Order of Man. And the, the guy that hosts it, um, I mean, I talk bad about the guy. I don't even know him, but he's just able to, to get these really incredible guests to say yes. There's got to be an art to that in podcast world. And those two guys are, are are doing it. Like, if you'll click on an episode, like, I want to hear what that person has to say. Sam Harris. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Sam Harris. I can't. Whew. So good. Yeah. So, um, anyway, those, that's the one. The one recommend for the podcast. What do you got? You I'll, got say, Sam, I'll say Sam Harris. Okay. Since I just thought about it. Maybe some you know, Sam Harris socks. Yeah. I mean, if you're good <laughs> enough at your uh, podcast to have a TV show made out of it, you're doing a pretty dang good job. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a very... Uh, insightful guy he's he has one of the better question askers out there yeah I mean, him and him and uh hot there. ones oh okay yeah hot <laughs> ones boy that guy can give an interview Fantastic. under duress i would gladly listen to his podcast yeah does he have one i don't know he I never should research let's see yeah live should. on air well, live hunter on air gives, we're gonna oh we're hunter gonna already said uh, already said mine yeah all right hold on hold Fill on a little time here i need to remember his name yeah there's another Sean thing i don't something. i don't pursue enough is hot wings Keep vamping, Ben. <laughs> Sean. I think we could probably talk more about Red Hot Chili Peppers and our favorite tracks. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of those. Uh, Californication is a great one. Um, what else? I don't uh, think he has a podcast. I think that album, like, 
is that that's your top album oh absolutely yeah. Okay, okay yeah yeah you, definitely you keep rolling out tracks from that yeah that's the best album they've made i thought that's one that chase should get on vinyl with his new record player those other ones on the list before that one. Oh, really actually like, that's not true like i don't Matt know king cole yeah you know me <laughs> now nah, i'm gonna get bing crosby before <laughs> bing bring it on me so no podcast no, I, not that I could see, not not within my fifteen second Google Crazy. search. Crazy. All right, so we get we can give a little sneak peek to the next episode. Sure. Uh, we're gonna make a return in kind of a weird time, slight return, but a different take on goal setting. Nobody. In, in, yeah, nobody. Okay. Uh, goal setting in twenty twenty one. Boom. Yeah. So if that's something that you're interested in, or stick around. Yeah, feeling a little shame over. Stick and we around. also got to talk about the uh, the CrossFit game season changes that were just rolled out. So. Totally going to change my life. Boom. Lots of stuff. See you then. Bye. Silky smooth sounds.